In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We are dealing this week with the hope that we all may have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We've tried to do this with three words, repentance, righteousness, and love. Repentance being not mere now that we understand it, a change of mind or a change, but it, it is a change of heart. It is not mere regret, nor is it mere remorse, but it is a renewing of the power to love. It is not that we are misled by the scripture, but by our translation, the scriptures in which the Greek language had no proper word for repentance. So they chose their word metanoian. And we learned a new word, a word that did not exist until Wednesday, when I gave you the word metacardia, a change of heart, a change of heart that is no mere regret, nor remorse, but renewing of the power to love. Second step was righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. First, the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God, is the justice of God by which he controls and orders, originates the stars and the galaxies. The righteousness and justice by which the irreducible complexity of nature and of our own bodies are formed and held together. The righteousness by which all are condemned. This is none other than the righteousness. Not one righteous, we are not one of us is righteous. All have come short of the righteousness of God. God's righteousness is not the righteousness of gossip where we desperately strain to look around and find those worse than we. And therefore God might grade on a curve and we might pass by gossip. He will not grade on a curve. Remember Amos's plumb line says, not yourselves, I freely chose you. Say not to yourselves, even us wonderful orthodox Episcopalians should not say, Lord, I did not freely choose you till by grace you set me free. For my heart would still refuse you had you not chosen me. The righteousness of Christ is the righteousness which he chose us while we were yet sinners. Because the righteousness of Christ is not merely an adjective modifying and describing who God is, but it is a verb that we found out today. A verb by which he brings costly mercy to even us sinners, by which we are forgiven, by which we, he takes on our mess, our disobedience, and our sin, and our disbelief. 
He is the righteousness as a clean housewife is righteous, who is not so fastidious that she would not get the mess upon herself, but getting dirty and cleaning up the dirt. He is our door. He is our gate. He is our vine, and he is our mop. A mop that soaks up our sin. And it is then squeezed and wrung out on the cross this day. This is the righteousness of God. This is our righteousness. Christ is our righteousness. Who is then? Who then is it to condemn? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. So the third word now, and the third step, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is love. Tom Torrance tells the story of being a corpsman in the Second World War, crawling on his stomach in the blood, in the mud of Italy, in response to a, the moaning and cry of a wounded soldier. He gets to him, and he sees that he is dying. And in the fading light of this world, the soldier wondering, in the face of that impending darkness that we all will someday perceive, he looks up at Tom Torrance, who has him in his arms, and he says, Is God like Jesus? And Tom says, Yes. And he dies in his arms with a peaceful expression on his face. Is God like Jesus? Tom Torrance went on to become one of the greatest theologians of his whole generation. Expounding the great texts, if you have seen me, Jesus said, you have seen the Father. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Therefore, we know that God is love. First, it is not the love by which we love Him, but it is the love by which He loves us. While we were yet in our sins, Christ died. G G the Jews were right. When they said that Jesus, that only God could forgive sins and God and his righteousness in Christ forgave sins. The, Jesus said that as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness to heal the snake bitten people. So when I shall be lifted up, I shall draw all men to myself. St. Augustine said, O oh man. What is thy malady? Pride. And the remedy? Behold 
the humble God. John 19.37 says, and again another scripture said, and they looked on him whom they had pierced. Will you look on whom we have pierced? Human analogies are never any more than analogy, but I had an, an unusual relationship with my father. He was the first man and second man in Transylvania County ever to go to college. He worked his way through Chapel Hill and the University of Pennsylvania Med School. And he married someone from South Carolina with the pretentious roots of the low country. <laughs> he was so afraid his two sons would grow up not knowing what their eyebrows were for. Eyebrows are to keep the sweat out of your eyes. So I knew and I respected him. And I, but I did not know he, he loved me. And when I was 12 years old, I had a kidney stone. Kidney stone is a pain that is exceedingly unpleasant, which is the understatement of the world. <laughs> and I was writhing in pain. I was what the doctors call an idiopathic lithogenic patient. That just means I make kidney stones. And crying, I looked up at him and there were some tears coming down those wrinkled cheeks. And I had no idea. I had never seen him cry. He was a tough man. And I didn't know he loved me. And yet, here he was, a physician who himself had had kidney stones, shedding tears over me. One of my accurate and severest critics once said, fits the trouble with you is you've got so much more confidence than, than ability. <laughs> well, when you don't have much ability, you need all the confidence in the world. And I can tell you, knowing that your father loves you gives you one hell of a lot of confidence. And I thank God for it. But that was a mere earthly father. An earthly father who's now dead. As your father will be dead. And you will be dead. But Jesus Christ is the tears on the face of God. So that our heavenly father who is forever and eternal. When we look at Jesus Christ now. And perceive him on the cross. We see the tears of Almighty and Eternal and Forever God, our Father. So you have more confidence than any human father can give you. That you have a Father who is love and loves you. 
Christ then is the tears on the face of God. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. What do you see when you look upon him whom we have pierced? We see who caused his suffering and his death. Who was the guilty? Who brought this upon thee? Alas, my treason, Jesus hath undone thee. T'was I, Lord Jesus, I was denied thee. I crucified thee. And what do we see when we continue to sin? New thorns we weave thee now to pierce that steady brow and robe of sorrow round thee. What do we see when we look upon him whom they have pierced? We see that he really cares. We see that God is love. Under Amos' plumb line, yes, we are all condemned. But all of us are like Jesus, Judas and Peter. Lucy Shaw's poetic commentary on John 13 says it well. Because we are all betrayers like Judas, taking silver and eating body and blood with Jesus, asking guiltily, Is it I, Lord? And hearing him say, Yes. It would be simple for us to rush out and hang ourselves. But we find grace to cry and wait. Like Peter, after the voice of mourning, the cock has crowed in our ears clearly enough to break our hearts. He will be there to ask Each of us again, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? If you do, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen.